This is the TRT Community Podcast, where we discuss all things testosterone. I'm Brandon, founder of the TRT Community and host of All Things Testosterone. The TRT Community is a Facebook group of patients helping patients navigate the struggles associated with testosterone replacement therapy. We have educational resources at testosteronepodcast.com, including TRT-related clinical studies and a doctor search tool. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. What's up, man? What's up? I, I got to admit, it's a lot. It, it's real cool to have me saying all those things so that I'm not having to say all those things. Yeah. Makes it yeah. easier. Yeah. When when I have to do it or when I was doing it live, it was like I'd be out of breath by the time I was finished and it's <laughs> trying to catch back up. Yeah. Did you notice that I, uh, as soon as I unmuted our mics, I immediately hit my microphone with my hand? I did see that. Yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with that. <laughs> So I've got another interesting audio clip for you to listen to. This one's a little different in nature, but I thought this was funny, and I've got some questions about it. Okay, let's go. If I put the seat up to urinate and then put it down after I'm done, at your request, <laughs> that is two seat repetitions per urinary event. Let me back up and say this man is speaking to his wife on a podcast. Okay. This arrangement means that if you go into the bathroom... You can just sit down and urinate and leave with zero seat repetitions per <laughs> urinary event. Would it not then be a fair and equitable marriage arrangement, creating a scenario where we are both responsible for only one seat repetition per urinary event? And she's gone. <laughs> so so in the video, she just gets up and walks away. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but that, you know, I was looking for testosterone-related TikToks, obviously, and came across that one, and I thought, man, this this is too funny, and this is too. Uh, he did he articulated it perfectly. And yeah. Urinary events and fair and equitable marriage arrangement, you right. know. Yeah. So I was curious, and I, I don't I don't have this problem whether I leave it up, never touch it, leave it down, leave it up, put it down. It doesn't like this is not something that Kayla complains about. Right? Is it something that is hot topic in your house? No. Okay. No, we we had talked about it at one point. Just the fact that uh, that she was appreciative because I lifted it up and then put it back down. Yeah. But the only reason that I would put it back down was to close the entire lid. Oh, when you flush? When I flush, yeah. I Man, heard. I should have known <laughs> that this is why it's not. Yeah, I should. So we haven't known each other that long, right? Right. But I'm learning that you're type A to the max, and <laughs> yeah, so that makes total sense. Yeah. Do you, Do you understand why? Yes. Or I mean, have so you heard that I I have heard that because that's how Kayla does it. My wife okay. does it that way. Okay. Um, I don't care. <laughs> like, I mean, I do care. Don't yeah. I don't want to? But that's so. I don't think about oh, your shoes have been walking in the backyard close to dog poop or whatever. Like yeah. I, you know, so I don't take my shoes off and put them on surfaces other than the floor out of respect for those that do care. Mm -hmm. I do shut the lid before I flush out of respect for those other toothbrushes that might be near. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that like, I feel like if I walked around, not saying that you are like this, but if I carried the same knowledge that you carry, I would just be an anxious disaster. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to function. Yeah. It's just, it's become second nature. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. And it has, you for me, to survive. 
<laughs> it's become second nature to me too, but only because Kayla said, well, I lower it all the way before I flush. And I'm like, what? why? What do you do that for? Yeah. Well, because your poop flies out of the toilet and onto your toothbrush. And I was like, what? Right. Yeah. I heard that and that kind of destroyed me for a minute. Yeah. So, yeah. Close the lid every time. It Now that we have the door and yeah. like it's around the corner from it's kind of separate from the rest of the you don't do it anymore i don't really it's not that big of a deal yeah it just goes on the wall yeah Who cares about the wall right <laughs> you probably wash the walls pretty regularly oh, don't you? no really no so now i feel silly because i should have whenever i i saw this and i thought oh i'm gonna talk to mikey about it i figured you know yeah that was point of contention in your household but i should have known that no, of course not, because you are <laughs> definitely going to raise and lower that lid. Yeah, it has. Be- er, that has been something that I've thought of, though. Like his point about yeah, one lift lid per urinary event, <laughs> like that <laughs> lid repetition, lid repetition. There you go. <laughs> but that would be that would have been my argument to anyone who ever said anything. Yeah, about yeah, I need to lift up the lid or whatever. I love that he made the argument about fair and equi- equitable in a time such as these right. where, you know, everything is supposed to be fair and equitable. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, today we've got uh, we've got a few TRT community Facebook group questions, and then I want to go into some acronyms and some explanation as to what they mean, maybe some of them what they do, Sweet. et cetera. Do you want to read these questions to me? Sure. Good. I'll do that. So, uh, can I get started? Yeah. Let's sorry, go. go for it. Can you be on antidepressant and use TRT? Yeah, of course. Sweet. What would you say? Would you have said no or yes? Um, just uh, after hearing some of the things that we've talked about, I would wonder if TRT would help me yeah. to get off of an antidepressant. Right. So that's that's my argument, and never would I ever advise someone that's on an right. antidepressant to just quit it cold turkey, right? Yeah, for sure. But I see story after story and have talked to man after man that has had that experience where they're like, yeah, I started TRT and I stopped my SSRI depression meds or my anxiety meds or I stopped uh-huh. smoking pot or whatever it may be, yeah. that they did stop that either on their own or with their doctor um, but that that's that's the biggest success story to me is like wow you were able to put put away the, the medication and use this other medication and now you're functioning better and you're a better father and a better husband and a better yeah. man etc. Yeah, and all the effects, the side effects of the yeah yeah SSRIs. one of which is low testosterone by the way. Yeah. Wow, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, they that's crazy kill it, kill it, and you know I did an episode once where it was like doctors are so quick to prescribe. SSRIs and nobody wants to prescribe testosterone. So they destroy your T levels. And maybe this person wouldn't have needed it had he not been on right. depression meds for most of his life. Yeah, it's sad. Another thing is that um, TRT doesn't really affect your ability to take or do anything. Like it's um, it's not one of those medications that's contraindicated with other things or that you can't make. Like it, it's a naturally naturally recurring occurring hormone in your body so Mm. take it and drink if you want to drink if you're a drinker go drink take Mm. it and exercise if you want to exercise if you know take it and sit on the couch like you're just taking it you're not going to want to sit on the couch but you know what i mean like it doesn't 
it doesn't affect anything like drinking um, in the way that like uh, grapefruit juice can kill someone that's taking um, certain medications, heart medications, cholesterol, blood pressure, something like that. Mm -hmm. Because, and this is why a lot of doctors will tell um, their geriatric patients I know you're old and you love grapefruits. Stop eating them and don't drink the juice because they're on so many medications. Mm. And it, I thought this was crazy at first, but it, it has the ability to increase the effectiveness or essentially the dose of the medication like mm-hmm. by five, 10 times. Wow. So you take your one little um, uh, erection pill or yeah. you know, heart pill, and uh-huh. then you drink a glass of grapefruit juice and that's, that it makes that heart pill five times, ten times yeah. what you actually took, Dang. and it can kill you. Yeah, that sounds crazy. crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely some stuff you would want to know. Yeah, and a lot of TRT guys take uh, grapefruit seed extract as part of a way to lower hematocrit, and it does work. Mm-hmm. But just be mindful if you're taking cholesterol meds, heart meds, high blood pressure meds, stuff like that, or yeah. Viagra Cialis, it can screw you up. Yeah. Just on another note. Uh, having some experience with my wife being on uh, SSRIs, stopping cold turkey, like just not advising that, putting an emphasis on that yeah, just because stopping cold turkey could be pretty bad. Like the whole, uh, it could um, exacerbate Mm -hmm. um, the effects of depression and anxiety and mood swings or whatever. It like, it could really throw your brain off pretty bad. Depression is not something that I have struggled with. I don't think I'm more of an anxiety guy, mm-hmm. but knowing those that have and how deep that it can go, I would never, like I would always just be cautious with, with yeah. that kind of thing and yeah. don't mess with your meds. Yeah. Plus I was in, um, I guess, or am in, kind of was in the disability industry for a long time. So I've reviewed mm-hmm. a lot of charts and and seen what happens to these people when they're adjusting medication or, you know, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. talk to your doctor. Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, they're probably not going to want to take you off, but talk to them anyway. Yeah. So Amy had pretty bad postpartum after our first child, Anthony. Um, and getting pregnant again six months after yeah. He was born, it really threw her, all her emotions and her brain for a loop. So um, she was on some antidepressants and when she wanted to stop just because of the way that it was making her feel and all these different things, her doctor kind of freaked out. Either either yeah. it was a doctor or a therapist or somebody was like, well, we gotta, we gotta yeah. do this the right way. So, yeah. So she didn't stop at cold turkey. I think she tried to, yeah. if I if I remember correctly, she just, she did stop, and then she went to talk to either the doctor or counselor, yeah, and they were like, "Whoa, let's pump the brakes, let's let's do this the right way." Yeah, but yeah, crazy. Uh, anybody in the group been on TRT for five to ten years or longer? Interested to hear how it has gone in the long term. Of course, of course, we've been on TRT for five <laughs> or ten years. There's there's some members. Um, Sam Baclise is one that I can think of off the top of my head. I think he's got nearly 25, 30 years on TRT. Wow. I think he's the longest. Um, he's old AF, but he's the <laughs> longest one on it. Cool. Uh, he's actually not that old. He might be, I don't know, 50, 55. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of guys that have been on it five to 10 years. I'm approaching 10 years um, soon, if not already. Um, 
in the long term, I would say that it's still kicking just the way it was when I started. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a natural aging process, so maybe I don't feel as great. It's not the only testosterone. It's not the only thing to consider whenever you're yeah. you know, thinking about like how you feel and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no problems, no long term problems. None of them have the guys that have been on longer than me. Nobody has long term um, heart problems, health problems, anything like that. Yeah, we talked about that on when when Ken was on, like that it would help you. Yeah, not to feel those things as much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's good. For those that take HCG with testosterone, how many IU of HCD HCG do you take per week? So, if I remember correctly, there are some studies out there that will say that the most effective HCG dose, or not most effective, but the average minimum effective dose for guys uh, trying to remain fertile. Is something like between like 500 and 700 IUs per week. So when you see these guys take in two, 3,000 IUs a week, that's probably overkill. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I would start there with like a 500 a week split up into two or three injections and then bump it up if you need to. Mm-hmm. Can TRT improve overall body health and heal things in your body? Can long-term low T at a young age cause health problems? What do you think? Uh, I would say yes and then no. Yes to the first question, overall body health. Um, I don't know about healing things in your body. I don't think we've talked about that. So on that portion of the question, I would say absolutely. Um, What testosterone does, whether it's endogenous uh, or or not, is repairs your muscle tissues, right? Mm. So it's healing. You work out. And the reason high testosterone is builds muscle is because it you recover faster, okay. you're healing faster. So yeah. yes, um, the second part also yes can long term low T at a young age cause health problems. Oh, okay, I um, said no to that. I think yeah, but yeah, 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 I would say yeah, yeah, it can, um, it, it does. So you're, and I say this quite a bit. You are even with the complications that do come with TRT, you are more healthy on TRT than you would be long-term with low testosterone. Mm-hmm. Low testosterone brings a whole host of issues, including more coronar, uh, cardiac issues and death. You, you yeah. die sooner, diabetes, that kind of thing, all kinds of health problems. Yeah. I even read something about uh, Alzheimer's being higher with people who have had uh, consistent low T yeah. Yeah. long-term. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. If you get TRTs prescribed in another country, would your doctor have to honor it in the United States? No, I don't think so. I mean, your doctor doesn't have to honor anything he doesn't want to honor. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go in with testosterone prescribed in the building next door to my doctor, and if my doctor doesn't want to honor, like you know what I mean, they can right. say I'm not writing that prescription. Yeah. Um, so I think this person may be under the impression that. If you're already on TRT, your doctor has an obligation to continue your TRT, and that's mm-hmm. just not true. Right. Um, so, no, he doesn't have to. Yeah. Cool. Oh, we got acronyms. Yeah, let's get into these. PIP. I don't Any, think I've heard that one. Okay, so no guesses? PIP. No. <laughs> <laughs> Post-injection pain. Okay. Yeah, so that's more of a general medical term. Um, that guys will throw up in the group. Oh, I've got some PIP after my second injection, whatever. And guys are like, what's that mean? Post-injection yeah. pain. Okay. 
uh, free versus total testosterone? So most doctors these days are just going to check your total testosterone. Mm-hmm. And that's because they don't have a full understanding of how testosterone works. Um, total testosterone is the total amount, obviously, of testosterone you've got in your body at any given time. Mm. Free testosterone is the testosterone that's not already being used. So that next one there, SHBG, that sex hormone binding globulin, mm-hmm. that is the carrier of testosterone. So you've got your total testosterone, let's say it's a thousand. Your sex hormone binding globulin runs into runs into your testosterone pool and it pulls out 500 of it to take and use amongst your other organs and body tissues, right? So that's it's busy. It's no longer being it's no longer available for use. Mm-hmm. So the free is what you've got readily available and the total is how much you've got in your whole body. Okay. And then sex hormone binding globulin is the vehicle that carries it around. Is there a percentage or like kind of a number, a ratio that you like to see? Yes. I don't remember what it is, but there is a there is a mathematical way to kind of guess. And I keep it simple. I just want to be on the upper end of normal of the range. Yeah. Somewhere the middle third or better. Yeah. Okay. So we said SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. Uh, HCG, human chorionic, <laughs> human chorionic gonadotropin. Said that flawlessly in our last episode, but not this one. Um, so that is, uh, it, it's made from female urine. Don't freak out. It, they all you have to do is just not close the toilet lid, let them flush, and then catch a little bit of their pee. There you go. <laughs> so pregnant female urine, and it mimics luteinizing hormone which is probably also on here. Yeah, way down there. LH, you're going to hear people refer to it as LH. It's luteinizing hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, it So HCG mimics that, and it's what tells the testicles to make testosterone. So when you, talk, when you see people taking HCG to remain fertile, um, it's not the best way to remain fertile, but it, it basically keeps um, your HPTA loop going, and I think that's on here too, so we'll talk about that a little later. But just know, human chorionic gonadotropin. Okay. Every time I see that, I want to say HGH. Yeah, and a lot of guys will. They'll ask some question about HGH, and, and the only reason we know that they've, they've confused, they've, they're confused is because HCH, HGH is so rare to get. Um, okay. the real stuff. Yeah. Doctors don't like to prescribe it. It's incredibly expensive, you know, mm. probably $1,500 a month to wow. be on the real, the, the Sylvester Stallone HGH. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of guys will say, I'm taking HGH. My doctor said, whatever, whatever. I'm trying to get it filled and it's, you know, $125. And we're like, no, it's not HGH. Yeah. Well, there goes my dreams about being on HGH. <laughs> e- E2. Uh, Estradiol, estrogen, basically. Um, it's just the measurement of estradiol in a man. Okay. Prolactin. Uh, yep. right yeah, that's period. just my notes for okay. me. So, okay. yeah, it regulates periods in women, and it helps with sperm production in men. It's made in the pituitary. Okay. Uh, part, of, part, part of the important piece of that is that if you do go to the doctor and they pull your prolactin levels and they're elevated, um, that's a decent indication that you have a pituitary tumor don't freak out they're benign they're not a huge deal sometimes they'll want to remove them sometimes they won't 
Um, if you do have, so you would, your prolactin's elevated, you would do an MRI, you've got a tumor, it's benign. Uh, we can leave it and start testosterone. We can take it out and see if, because it's on your pituitary, that mm-hmm. could be what's causing your low testosterone. Uh, okay. Makes sense. It's pretty common. Yeah. Uh, half-life. That's just what it sounds like in terms of medication. Um, if the half-life of testosterone cypionate is seven days, in seven days you will have half of what you injected seven days ago bioavailable. Mm-hmm. Okay. D-I-M. DIM. So this is, um, it's an over-the-counter, gosh, it's been so long. I think it's an estradiol. Like people take it, you buy it off of Amazon, it's a supplement, and it it can be effective in lowering your estradiol numbers. Mm, Okay. AI. Artificial, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Aromatase inhibitor. So this is your estradiol medicine or medication that lowers your estradiol, something like uh, uh, anastrozole. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's the prescribed, more effective version of DIM. Okay. That's the one that you said we should be taking super low doses of? If you need it at all, yeah. yeah. So yeah. a lot of guys will say, you know, my doctor put me on it because the labs indicated, well, unless you're having you know issues, symptoms of elevated estradiol, I wouldn't even mess with it. Yeah. Uh, HCT. Hematocrit. So this and the next one, HGB, hemoglobin, these are the measures of red blood cells in your blood, how thick your blood is. Mm-hmm. Okay. ED. I guess I just meant erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or no, no, no. I meant every day or erectile dysfunction. Okay. <laughs> so the next one tipped me off EOD every other day. Um, a lot of guys will just say, "My do- I'm doing microdoses, ED, blah, 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 blah. Well, they're just injecting every day. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have thrown me off. Because I see ED and I think erectile dysfunction. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, EO, EOD every other day. HGH, human growth hormone. Yeah. Hard to get. Super expensive. Yep. Don't count on it. I hear that's the good stuff, but I don't know. Oh man, yeah. I I've never taken it, but I've from what I have heard, it's like the thing to be on. Yeah. If you're Sammy Sosa and have you know 175 million dollars, <laughs> um, it's also there's some clinics that say that they prescribe it, or you know, I guess I shouldn't say it that way, that they do prescribe it, um, but they have been um, investigated mm. because by the FDA. One, yeah. because when you when a doctor prescribes it, it's a big red flag. And two, there, was, there were some allegations that what they were selling wasn't real HGH, uh, okay. which is a huge concern. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, LH... That's luteinizing hormone. Um, it is what is responsible. So the HPTA is, we talk about that one yet? No, that's a couple couple more down. Okay. So I'll skip down to that one. The HPTA, the hypothalamic pituitary testicular axis. It's like this loop, right? And it starts in the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus releases GnRH, which I think is gonadarelin. Uh, or I think gonadarelin is GnRH, and then it goes into the pituitary. The pituitary releases LH, luteinizing hormone, uh, and FH, FH, FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone. Um, the LH is what tells the testicles to create testosterone, and the FSH is what produces the sperm. Okay. So there's there's a lot to say here, I guess. The... 
the HPTA being a, a loop, whenever you start taking exogenous testosterone, you're doing the injections, you're going to shut that down. Mm -hmm. So the argument is that if you take HCG, you'll keep that loop going. Mm -hmm. And we don't really know um, the importance of that, keeping the loop going. Yeah. So my argument for years was, well, if the loop's going, you know, it was created that way for a reason. I want to keep that loop going. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't, there's not really any great science that says that we're lacking something if we shut down that loop. Yeah. Um, once you shut it down, it can be difficult to restart. So that's another argument for keeping it going with HCG. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess other than that, which we were on LH, so that, oh, whenever I, we were talking about um, one of those up there, maybe HCG. So HCG is good at keeping that loop going. It's good at mimicking the LH, which, which is what um, boosts your testosterone numbers. Mm -hmm. But I see a lot of doctors putting guys on HCG for fertility when they're struggling uh, to conceive. Mm -hmm. And that I don't think that's the best uh, attack because Clomid, which is a couple down. Well, yeah, we covered LH and FHH and then Clomid is the next one. Um, that is responsible for sperm directly. So um, if you put, if a doctor puts you on Clomid to raise your testosterone, there are more effective ways such as HCG to do that. And if a doctor puts you on HCG to conceive a baby, there's more effective ways to do that, which is Clomid. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people get them mixed up. You can take both at the same time. Um, a lot of times they'll try both to restart the the natural production of testosterone yeah. first, mm -hmm. and that's not a bad idea either. Yeah. Sorry, I just covered like one, two, three, four of them right there. <laughs> uh, Sub-Q. Subcutaneous. Um, people spell it out, sub and then Q, but really it's spelled with a C. It's subcutaneous. It's one word. Um, it is the deepest layer of skin, I mm -hmm. guess. It's... Yeah. Um, People will refer to it as fat. Uh, I don't know that it's actually fat. I think it's just the deepest layer of the dermis. It's before you get into muscle or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I am. Intramuscular, just a, an injection into the muscle. So the needle goes all the way in. It's like... All the way. Yeah. <laughs> I had a... What is that called? Where that Asian style stuff. Acupuncture? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's intramuscular. Is it? I'm. I don't know if you know, but are you asking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Unless I thought you were telling me it was. So that just barely goes in, right? Uh, I. It felt like it went all the way into the muscle. So, or I don't know if it was acupuncture or when I was younger, I had super bad uh, the nerve. Um, what is that nerve in your back that goes all the way down? Sciatica. To sciatica. I had very like it was bad. And so one of the ways that they would help me was to loosen up my hamstrings because my hamstrings were so tight. Yeah. And they would jab a needle Ugh. into my muscle and to get it to tense up and flex and all these different things. So, yeah, I mean, if they're putting it into your muscle, it's intramuscular. Yeah, intramuscular. All I know from acupuncture is what I've seen on TV. I've never researched it or done it. Yeah. Um, but it looks to me like they're just barely tapping it in there and that it's more of like a a nerve point that they're going for yeah. and less of a muscle. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not educated enough to say that they weren't. Um, I wonder though, if it felt like they were because they were hitting 
because they were hitting very specific points, you know, shallow, but like, um, yeah, like nerves. Yeah. Tactical, or... like strategic. We're going to hit this one very, we're going to go in an eighth of an inch, but it's in this one spot that's going to make it feel like it's three miles in there. Yeah. Yeah. It would feel like I had cramps in my leg. <laughs> it was, it was How many did they do like at one time? Uh, generally it was just one at a time. Um, there was a couple of times where she was like, man, you bent this needle. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great, thanks. <laughs> but I mean, they would just do one and then you were done or would you leave there having 60 needles in you? No, it was, so she would put in one needle at a time and like go in and out. To, oh. to get, <laughs> it would, she was trying to get a reaction out of the, yeah. the muscle. She wanted it to, to flex, to tense up. Yeah, okay. And supposedly with it flexing and uh, tightening and loosening, it was stretching out the muscles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looser, yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. It, yeah, so. It hurt pretty bad. <laughs> when I used to do my intramuscular injections, I did them in my quad, and I had an inch and a half long needle. Yeah. I don't know that I ever um, was able to make myself actually put the entire inch and a half in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, I didn't want to stick myself in my femur. So yeah. <laughs> I would just go like three quarters of it maybe. Yeah. And um, yeah, so every once in a while you hit a nerve doing that and uh-huh. your quad starts spasming on you yeah. and your, your legs going everywhere, you know. <laughs> Ugh, I hated it. Yeah. But she would she would use that either that same needle or several different needles, but it would be several different times. Five or six times. Gross. Yeah. And it's just getting dull every time she <laughs> pokes it in there. Yeah. Uh, the next phrase or whatever is called dialed in. Yeah, so dialed in is just one that um, that we use a lot around the community. And it's just a term that, you know, once you're, all your uh, dosage and your schedules and your medications are in and you're feeling amazing and um, we say you're dialed in. Well, I'm I'm feeling bad. Well, you need to continue trying to dial yourself in, that uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening to the TRT Community Podcast. You can find us online at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TRT Community. 